Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Austin Brewer Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're all having an absolutely fantastic day today. As always, hope you guys are staying healthy and strong. And also, too, be sure to check out the product of the week on the website at healthmasters.com. You voted for it, and it won the uh, vitamin C caps with antioxidants on sale right now. And also, too, be sure to check out what's going to be winning tomorrow. It looks like the N-acetylcysteine and total rest is up for vote tomorrow. So be sure to check that out at Health Masters. Read up on both those two, see which one you want to vote for. And again, this has uh, been really – these two are back and forth, two completely different products, ironically, but two very, very good products. A total rest I talked to you guys about yesterday, which really helps out as far as with a restful sleep, also helps out with proper brain functioning, and can also help out with uh, proper ATP production. And on top of that, then the anacetylcysteine which supports glutathione synthesis, also detoxification of environmental toxins and pollutants. Very, very good for respiratory function as well. That's one of our staples we've always stacked with the uh, healthy immune kit, especially with the uh, antiviral kit, so to speak, with the vitamin D and D3, then along with the zinc and acetylcysteine, great addition of that. So be sure to check those out at healthmasters.com. And one of the first things I wanted to address here, this Daily Mail is actually one of the only websites I have found this on and one other local website in Cleveland. And it's ironic because while all the mainstream media outlets continue to just ramble on about some of the most just inept topics, I can't, that's why I can't even use most of the stuff that I find with these guys because all it is is just pure theater distraction nonsense. It's designed to keep people chewing on bubble gum for the brain news. I mean, just, just, just theater. And yet there's an article that just came out that's gotten zero mainstream media coverage here, and it goes into detail. And you guys remember I talked about this topic last month in August, that it was a serious problem in Cleveland, Ohio, with dozens and dozens of children that had gone missing. Well, now, just in September alone, there has been reported over 45 missing children in the Cleveland area just in September That's just this month, guys, joining the total number of 1,072 minors who have been reported missing in Cleveland since the start of the year. Law enforcement is very concerned that there is a significant amount of child trafficking rings that are now operating in Cleveland, and they're saying that the amount of children that have gone missing in Cleveland compared to other states or other cities that have similar populations is almost two and three times higher in Cleveland than it is in other cities of similar population demographics. This is obviously a problem that's going on up there. This is a serious problem. When you have, we're in the month of September and there's already been over 1,072 children reported missing that have not been found. And they're all minors, a lot of them young minors. I was looking at some of the photos and some of these kids are 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And this is a serious issue, yet none of it is ever talked about. Why? Because this is the topic that you're not allowed to touch. You're not allowed to talk about the banker boys and the pedophiles and all grouped together trafficking children and what they do to them. You're not allowed to talk about Epstein's book. You're not allowed to talk about basically Jelaine Maxwell as far as with Epstein's client list book that she discussed in detail and the judge refused to allow it to become public information. All these topics, these aren't anything you're allowed to talk about. You could talk about bipartisan politics and Republicans and Democrats and blah, 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 blah. That's all arguing, fighting, throw bread and tomatoes at each other like the theater show they want us to have. You start talking about children disappearing all over a certain area, 
nah, bro, you don't, you don't talk about that. That's fake news. We don't bring that up. This is a serious problem. This is why I bring it up on the show. This is why I encourage people to use very, very good situational awareness. And on top of that, though, these kids, you know, they start getting older. They start doing stuff on their own. These kids are being targeted. And a lot of these children, from what I have been told in most cases in these major cities, and it's happened down here in Central Florida as well in Orlando and Tampa area, a lot of these children find people online. They're targeted by predators on social media platforms. And a lot of these kids are basically, uh, you know, they're they're having teenage problems, so to speak. Teenagers always have weirdo problems. You're going through a very strange time in your life. They're fighting with their parents or they're dealing with step-parents or they may be in foster care. They're dealing with all types of you know mental issues. A lot of times they're dealing with all kinds of insane stuff now because the mainstream media and the school system's gotten so polluted. Then all of a sudden they're on these social media platforms and they start talking to somebody that they think is somebody. Oh, we need to go hang out. You need to come meet me. We need to go do this. We need to go do that. I'll hang out with you. I'm cool. I'm this. I'm that. And this is what happens a lot of times. These kids are drawn in by these predators and these children are never seen again. And so it's really important, my friends, if your children are on, if they have phones and they're on social media platforms, I don't care how uncomfortable it is or how, you know, it's not something that's the cool parent thing to do. You need to know what's going on with their phones. There's a lot of platforms now I've heard that you can actually have mirroring, mirroring on phones where you can actually have their content, what they're seeing and what they're using and the apps they're applicating on their phones. And people say, well, that's invading the privacy. Would you rather have your 13-year-old daughter get abducted because she goes to meet some guy at a park that she thinks is a friend of hers? Or would you actually rather know what's going on? You decide because this is becoming a very, very systemic problem in the United States, and it's getting much worse. It's not getting better, and the fact that this news article came out and no other media platforms have covered it whatsoever is obviously showing everyone that they don't want to address it while at the same time. And here's the sick part that just – I'm going to go on. I'm going to spend out 30 seconds to really clarify this. The sick part that I can't stand about these hardcore leftist Democrats that get on television and they demand all these things. We need to have more gun restrictions and nobody needs to be able to own a certain firearm. And you need to get a permit and a background check to buy ammunition and blah, 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 blah because you're not capable of owning a firearm as a law-abiding citizen. And we need to do this to protect the kids because the kids Kids are the most important thing, yet you have 1,072 children that have already gone missing with no, no update on anything where they are, what's happened to them in the Cleveland area, and yet they're going to ignore this and pretend like it's not happening while at the same time they're telling you you need to go register your pistol or your AR-15 and get a permit and have a magazine capacity and get a background check to buy ammunition because we don't trust you with a firearm. But yet we have a federal government that allegedly loses an F-35 in a field and can't find it for an entire day. Um, you know, we $100 million aircraft. We don't know where it went. Uh, that's the story. We're going to stick to it. As everybody knows, that was a complete and total lie. But again, this is why it is so important to maintain your rights and your freedoms because I promise you, if you don't demand that they are respected and you don't maintain them, you will have these groups that are going to continue to push over you and try to take them from you. And at the exact same time, they're going to claim they're doing it for your safety and protection and for the children's safety and protection. And that is by far the biggest lie we've ever witnessed in U.S. history when the government comes in and says, we're doing this for your protection. As we saw in COVID, if that wasn't a clear-cut example – I don't know what else is. That's the story as far as what they stick to every time, and that's the lie they keep pushing, and that's why you have to continue to combat it with more and more truth. What do you think, Dan? 
you know, let's let's start first with the kids. I, I, I got to cover that one. This, this is really, really, really important as far as these children that are missing. I mean, you know, we've had people now that have been missing, you know, in national parks in Alaska, you know, turn, in terms of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people all over the United States in major cities, children that are missing. Now, you know, he, here's the problem that, that we have. We have the merging and the clash of multiple cultures at this point in our society. We have children that are being raised entirely on social media, not being taught that there's predators on social media, being given cell phones and iPads at the age of two and three and four. We've talked about this repeatedly, who then learn how to basically navigate the Internet very quickly, including pornography channels at a very young age. I'm just going to be just real frank here on this right now. And these children lose their ability as far or if they ever even obtain the ability of discernment as far as who's real and who's not real on the internet there are people out there that actually think that pornography is good there's nothing wrong with it there are people out there that think that you know gratuitous sex with you know 20 people a week or whatever is good uh, there are people out there that think that you know they can do whatever they want to do whatever they do it and there are never any consequences to it uh, because they just don't believe that there's any kind of moral absolute They've never heard of the Bible in some cases. They've never heard of Jesus in some cases. Their parents have basically just not told them the truth about anything, even though the parents have been taken to church in most cases. So what happens is we have a clash of two cultures. So these kids are being raised in this free world of whatever they want, and suddenly they become 12, 13, 14 years old, and the parents wake up and say, wait a minute, something's wrong here. My daughter or my son is acting really, really weird, and I don't like it. And what they do is suddenly, instead of being consistent with the discipline and consistent with their restrictions the entire life of the child, they suddenly drop the hammer on the child and say, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. And suddenly now, my parents are bad. The child suddenly is, I'm the right one, my parents are bad, look what they're doing to me. And so the child then gravitates to this online predatory situation that they've been in their entire life. And they start making friends with people who they don't know what their ages are. I'm going to say this to you very quickly, guys and ladies. Listen to me for a second. You know, I've been in this crazy dating world now for a few months since Sharon passed away over a year ago now. And I cannot believe the liars online. It's, it's almost mind-boggling. The, uh, you know, and so if you're going to have a date with somebody, number one, you really have to do an audio conversation with them. Then you have to do a video Skype. You know, you have to do FaceTime. You've got to find out who this person is because here's what I found out already about just online dating. And I'm not even talking about predatory stuff because, I mean, I'm a full-grown man. What's happening is a lot of people post really old pictures of themselves. So they're, you know, they, they post a picture when they're 20 years old and they're 40 years old or 50 years old or 60 years old, depending on what age group you're dating in. And the pictures don't match the person that you're talking to. Secondly, the person that you're talking to may not even be real. It could be a bot. It could be somebody out of China. It could be somebody else. I mean, you, you know who it is. So you've got to teach your children situational awareness if you're going to allow them to be online that they don't know who the person is they're talking to. The girl says, how old are you? And the man says, I'm 15. The girl says, well, I'm 14. Well, let's meet. I'll take a bus. Maybe we can talk about our parents and how bad they are. She shows up at a hotel or she shows up at the park. The guy's not 15. The guy's 40. The guy's 50. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a guy that we had known for years, a friend of Austin's, and he basically was a predator. 
He went after 16, 17-year-old girls, waited till they were 18 and groomed them, and then went out with them. And, you know, it was, it was a weirdo. And, and I'm not saying that an older guy can't date a younger woman, but you need to let these girls grow up first if you're going to do all that crazy stuff. It's just, it's just not worth it to these young girls. And he finally asked out my daughter, who was like 17 and just turned 18, and that was it. I told him never to contact me again, never want to speak to him again. I explained to him in a way that he understood, and I'm not being going to be graphic here, that that's not something that was ever going to happen with my life or with him and my daughter. And he was just stupid because not only did he know who I was, he basically knew how I was, and I wasn't going to tolerate it. And, of course, Austin had a little discussion with him explaining to him how the world worked too about his sister. So all of this stuff is out there, and it's very, very, very real. So you've got to be careful when you decide to get online and your children decide to get online to tell them that it's real. Video, FaceTime has to happen if you're going to go on a date or if you know somebody. Kids, listen to me. Same thing is true with you. If you're going to meet somebody, which I suggest you don't do without your parents' permission, period, ever, if you're underage, you better know who you're meeting. Otherwise, you could be a statistic like they have up there in Cleveland right now. That's why it got me so angry, Austin, you know, when the Sound of Freedom came out and they were talking and exposing child trafficking. And I understood a lot of it was Hollywoodized and it was basically, you know, fictionalized. But a lot of it was also very, very true. And people came out and started condemning Jim Caviezel and condemning the producers, condemning the people who put this movie out for basically not doing the right thing or having the wrong funding or whatever. I understand there's some factors that are associated with that, but what I looked at with the movie, and I kept trying to tell everybody this, at least this movie is a box office smash hit, and at least people now are learning that this problem that we have with child predation and what they're doing to these children is real. Now, let me stop for one second, and let me just, just, let me just kind of preach for a second. This, this is really important. We cover this. The world without Jesus is a very, very dark place. And that's what they want. They want the world back the way it was in the ancient Roman Empire, whereby servicing, worshiping different gods and having orgies and all the rest of it. Why do you think Paul kept saying throughout the New Testament, don't go to orgies? You keep thinking, well, why? Because, you know, when we first started reading the Bible years ago, I thought, well, nobody goes to orgies. People go to orgies now. It's, it's, and what it does, it degrades human beings. It's like guys that go to strip clubs, all right? It's a, it, it degrades the women. It degrades them. It, it, it basically is a part of society that's the dark underbelly of the people that are depraved and that are basically led by their lusts only and not about what they want to do as far as serving the community or having a higher standard. Now, some of you are going to get mad at me for talking like this. It doesn't make any difference. I'm just going to let you know how I feel about this. But without Jesus in the middle of your life, without the light of God shining on you, you know, you're going to have a situation in which people are going to drag you down into a ditch. And they're going to continue to drag you into the ditch as long as they possibly can because they're in the ditch. I've talked about that before. When someone falls in a pit, you want to go down there and try to help them, but they won't drop their baggage. They won't try to help you. They want you to carry them up the ladder. They're too big. You can't get them up the ladder. They're going to kill you and kill themselves in the ditch, filling with quicksand. If they don't get out, they don't care. They won't drop the bags. There are people out there that you can help, but the majority of people you can't. You just got to tell them the truth and walk away and hope they hear the truth, and the truth is planted in them, and the seed is planted, and they see the light of the gospel and the light of Jesus, and they can come away with understanding that just maybe the behavioral patterns that they've established for their entire life aren't good. 
I have a friend of mine, he's a pastor. He says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you're hanging out with guys that want to go to strip clubs, if you're hanging out with guys that want to drink alcohol and stay drunk, if you're hanging out with guys that want to do cocaine or, or run speed balls or all the other stuff that's out there now, and you're basically hanging out with them and you don't think it's going to rub off on you, you're wrong. The Bible says that bad company will corrupt good character. It doesn't say that good company will make bad company better. It says bad company will corrupt good character. I saw it years ago. I was um, still young. I was 15, 16 years old, and the Lutheran church had reached back out to me and wanted me to start attending there again. And they met, had this kid who lived down the street from me, and he, they wanted me to start taking him to church. And this is a good kid, but he moved into a bad neighborhood with bad people around him. And it wasn't very long before he started becoming like the other people around him because of peer pressure. And pretty soon he was having all kinds of issues. And see, here's the same thing with kids. Kids are going to come out, and they're going to blame you. They could be lying and cheating and stealing and being addicted to porn, and yet they're basically going to blame their parents for the fact that they have a lifestyle that's deviant and the parents no longer tolerate it. And sometimes the parents throw them out. Sometimes the parents send them to a parochial school in another state. Sometimes the parents have had enough and they send them to a relative. It's just a problem. And then when these children get older, they want to blame everything on their parents. I've seen 16-year-old kids that basically won't stop lying and cheating and stealing and all the other kind of stuff, and the parents send them off to a parochial school. child gets older, and they blame their parent for their life and being sent off to a parochial school because they were you know, misbehaving, and the parents should have understood how they were because they were 16, but they don't realize they were operating heavy equipment. They were licensed by the state, and they had the ability to use deadly force with a car if they wanted to and run over somebody, and they were acting as an adult, but yet they don't want to have adult consequences and adult decision-making responsibility. Kids are funny. You know, I've raised four of them, and it's a difficult situation to get through with any of them during the teenage years. That's why you have to establish through a theta brainwave state, listen to me, when they're very young from the ages of four to ten, that they're in church all the time, that they understand who Jesus is, that they understand that there's a higher power, there's a higher authority, and that there's a God out there that's watching them and teaching them and helping them, but they're responsible to that God who is all-seeing, all-powerful, and all-knowing. You understand when you're a child, when you see that, that means you can't go hide in your room and get on the phone and do something you shouldn't ought to do because God's still watching. We've lost that. So as I said at the beginning of this little rant I'm doing, we've had a generational conflict here. We've had a generational blow up in the middle in which the children are being told they can be a boy or a girl. The parents don't intercede and say it's not true. The children then become transgenders, and the parents don't understand what happened to them. Yesterday, I walked the Auburndale Trail, which is a, it was, and it was basically a, this is old railroad track that basically was on for miles and miles and miles through the woods and through the rivers and through the streams of central Florida. And I was walking on the trail, and all of a sudden, there's a chain link fence with a swamp area, and there's about a seven foot gator laying right by the fence, completely not scared of human beings because he sees humans all of the time. Now, this is a four foot fence. That gator had climbed that fence. And I looked at him and I said to the gator, <laughs> I really did. I'm talking to the gator. You're lucky that I don't have a permit for you. You're lucky that I'm not carrying my 45 with me right now because I'm wearing gym shorts. You're lucky that basically you get to breathe air for the next day or so until somebody else decides to take your miserable species out of this pond because I know you can climb that fence. And I looked at him. I'm talking to him and he goes, hisses at me real big, blows up, fills up with air. And I thought, yeah, you know. I said, you know you're not going to mess with me right now, buckwheat. I said, because I tell you what, I would take you out in a New York second.
by the way, that's the conversation I had with the Gator. You think, well, did you really do that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I did that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'm sitting at the bench. I'm just cooling down after the walk. And some guy, girl, tranny walks by. I'm not kidding you. This happened yesterday, Austin. And I didn't know we had trannies in our little town. And I think it was a guy at one time, but it had long hair and a ponytail and it was wearing like women's clothes. And it was very strange. And it was, and it was walking a little dog, a little five pound dog, a little 10 pound dog. And, uh, you know, it was being, you know, it was, it was trying the, 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 it was trying to sashay on the trail. I was trying not to puke. And what was weird, I said to the it, I highly suggest that you don't go down there right now because there's a six, seven foot gator laying right beside the trail, literally three feet away from the walk area. And I said, he's not scared of human beings and he can easily climb the chain link fence and eat your dog. Now the transgender, whatever it was, looks at me and says, okay, that's all he says. And uh, then I could tell it was a guy because it had a really voice. And, and, and so I thought to myself, wow. Now, here's the deal. This is just plain stupidity. I have watched gators climb fences on video. I've never seen one do it, but I've watched them do it on video. You're sending his food morsel by this gator three feet away with this little dog. He could have gone the opposite direction on the trail and not gone directly by the gator. But he was too stupid, too stupid to understand that he's walking around with a natural food source for the alligator right there by the trail. And he's just been warned by an alpha male. That's probably not where you need to go. And I can pretty much guarantee you he was not carrying a weapon. <laughs> just thought I'd mention that. And the sad part about it is that, again, shows the degradation of our society. I've got a friend of mine this morning, and she told me that, you know, she had her house fixed, and they broke almost all of her driveway when they put the roof on. And they and all, showed listening all the things that were going wrong. She had the AC replaced. It's not working. She listed like 10 different things that nothing was done right. And she goes, what's wrong with me? Do I have a black cloud hanging over my head? I said, no, you are just witnessing the degradation of society. You're witnessing the lack of respect that people have for one another. You're witnessing the inability of a person to get a job done because they really don't care and they no longer have a work ethic that they need to produce the best possible product they possibly can to provide the best service because we have such a shortage of people now doing things that all of these manufacturers and all of these service providers have gotten to the point they've completely compromised themselves and they really don't care because they're booked up for the next three weeks anyhow. And quite frankly, if you don't get something done at your house, they've got you know another 25 calls they can make, so they don't have to worry about providing you excellent service. I put another, I had to fix one of my security gates on the property. Months ago, we fixed it. They still haven't finished the job. We've called them and called them and called them to come fix it. They haven't charged us yet. Nobody shows up. Nobody returns a phone call. Austin and I talked about it this morning. And it still works fine, but there's some things that need to fix on it. But the problem is, is that you're sitting here watching all of this, and you go, what happened to society? And I talked to Van this morning, my workout partner. I'm going to tell you what happened to society. When I was a kid, I used to pick fruit, oranges. And that's one of the hardest jobs I've ever done. This is back when we had orange trees in Central Florida. And these things were 20, 30 feet tall. You had these giant fruit-picking ladders. And you'd get these ladders, and you'd climb up a tree, and you'd fill a sack up of the ladder, and you'd come down the ladder, and you'd put the, 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 the oranges in this big tub that held 10 boxes of orange. It was huge. And they'd pay you $3.50 for every tub you filled up. That's what they would do. And I did that job for months, several years. And finally, it ended up I wasn't producing enough for them. I could only pick about 50 boxes a day. And what ended up happening is, you know, I was 13, 14, 15 years old. They stopped basically coming by to pick me up. My mom suggested that I could do this as a job. And it was one of the most horrible jobs that I've ever been in. 
You would be eaten by every type of insect while you were doing it. The trees were covered in thorns. You got scratched up to all get out, and you had to deal with a bunch of people that were basically their entire life was spent picking fruit, and they really didn't care about you because you were just in their way, and they treated you with complete and total disdain and disrespect. It was a miserable, miserable experience. I absolutely loathed it. But what it taught me was this, stay in college. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, it meant that I didn't want to do that the rest of my life. And that's the biggest problem that we have today. You know, I know also when he got done with college, you know, he ended up working, in, you know, in construction for a few years and he realized that's not what he wanted to do. And see, everybody needs to have that type of experience. You know, you have to have that day, that day that turns your life around. The day that you finally have a car in your driveway that you tried to repair so many times and you can't fix it and you're embarrassed to be seen in it and you walk out there with a 10-pound hammer and you start banging on it. You go, I'm sick of you. You've embarrassed me for the last time. I'm not going to live like this anymore. That's what, that's what picking fruit did for me. I'm not going to live like this. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with harvesting fruit. There's nothing wrong with you know picking strawberries or picking blueberries or picking fruit. I just didn't want to do it for myself. It was extremely difficult, hard physical labor, and it wasn't something that I was interested in doing for the rest of my life. Some people do that. My hat's off to them. I couldn't do it. I talked to Van this morning. He played in the NFL, played for Cleveland. You can look him up. His name is Van Green, defensive back, Cleveland Browns and Buffalo. He played back in the 70s. And you can look him up. You can see pictures of him online. It talks about him and who he is and everything else. He, they called him the hammer because he hit so hard. He picked fruit when he was a child. His brothers picked fruit. And what's interesting, he's like four brothers, and he and one of, one of his brothers, two of, two of the other brothers, picked fruit, and they did it, and they did it with a decent attitude, and they realized they didn't want to do that either. And then two of the brothers wouldn't work. They didn't want to pick fruit. Those two brothers didn't work and didn't want to pick fruit. They're on drugs, alcohol, all the rest. They're just they're bums. It's that you have to have an experience as a child that makes you realize that you can't live like this. Now, Nietzsche said it this way, and I don't like quoting Frederick Nietzsche. What doesn't kill you will make you stronger, but he was right about that. It'll make you stronger when you realize there are certain behavioral patterns that you don't want to deal with. There are certain behavioral patterns that you don't want to live with. There are certain people that you don't want to hang out with, and there are certain things that you're doing that are cause all these problems for the rest of your life. So why are you doing them? There are certain things that happen like that. And so let your children work. Let them get a job bagging groceries. Let them do whatever they want. I don't suggest they – we can't pick fruit anymore in Florida because all the trees are gone, so that doesn't help anyhow. Plus, it's pretty dangerous in those groves. And I had Verl, who was the guy who was you know, the head guy there. He was watching out for me as a kid, make sure I didn't get in trouble out there. But the truth is children have to be taught responsibility at a very, very young age. And even when you do that to them, when you make them clean the house and do the floors and all the rest of it, all our, our, young, our three younger ones, we had, we had a work, work routine. One of them do floors one week, one of them do dishes one, 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 one week, one of them do laundry one week, and every week they'd rotate. And, you know, and they would basically be, we taught them to work at a very young age. Austin and I used to go out in the yard. And we got these ridiculously tall hedges everywhere, and we'd cut the hedges. They're called Burnham hedges, and we'd be up on a ladder with a chainsaw, up on a ladder with hedge clippers, clipping and cutting, and I was teaching them how to work as a young child. Your children have to be taught the way they should go, and when they're old and a lot apart from it. Now, sometimes they're going to make mistakes. Sometimes they'll be an idiot for a few years. Sometimes, you know, they'll walk away and get addicted to pornography or they'll get addicted to whatever. Sometimes they'll quit college on you. Sometimes they'll get out on the real, in the world and just get real secular on you, and you don't know what they're even doing anymore. But the reality is if you planted the seeds in them when they were younger, it says in the Bible, you've got to stand on the word, teach the child the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not put apart from it. We still come back to it. So 
think about this with your kids. And I want to, I want to talk about that today because the children have to be taught how to work. I, I met this one lady. She had two children. They were teenagers. She didn't want them to even work or have a job. And I said to her, I said, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And I met her son, great kid. And he says to me, he's a teenager, like 17 years old. He goes, well, I do accept gifts. But he said to me, and I thought to myself, he's been programmed to do this. He hasn't been programmed to work what he, for what he wants. He's been programmed to accept gifts and be lazy. And I thought, this isn't okay. And I, and I told her, I said, you got to tell your son not to say stuff like that. He didn't have a car, you know, didn't have the ability to get a car, didn't have the ability to pay insurance on a car, but he accepted gifts. And I, and I thought to myself, wow, you know, I wasn't taught that way. I was taught you go out and get a job. You start making money. You start having money for dates. You have to start having money for gas. And I learned very quickly when you had friends riding around with you, you know, big talk walks, you know, you don't have gas money. You don't get in the car. That was how we were back then. You know, everybody had to pay their own way. But now it's not like that anymore. So like I said, we've had a cultural clash in which this generation of kids that are raised on iPads and iPhones and social media are clashing with their parents who go, wait a minute, this isn't okay. We can't live like this. So watch your children. Take care of your children. Teach them how to work. Give them a work ethic. Don't just give them stuff all the time. Make them earn it. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Uh, that was really well said, bud. And, I mean, the thing about it is I've learned a long time ago. Me and Leanne are actually talking about this the other day. I said when a kid, you know, especially when they're younger, if they have to actually try to work and earn stuff, they always appreciate it. I've seen kids over the years, and I've known parents, you know, like real wealthy parents. They buy their kids these like brand new, super fancy sports cars, and invariably, they always end up getting wrecked, and the parents always end up getting sued. I mean, matter that whole incident with Hulk Hogan's son, he bought a it's son, true, it's son, true that 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 eight hundred horsepower Mark IV Supra ended up wrecking it and totaling it, and basically almost killing the kid that was in the car with him, and those giant debacles. It was horrible. And the one thing that I've learned now, and as a parent, I actually see it more, is that when you're younger and you're a kid, you're like, oh, no, you know, you want to have that cool vehicle. And your parents are like, no, this, you need to be in something safe. You need to be in something good and reliable. But you realize, and, you know, you made that comment earlier, Dad, when you're dealing with a kid that's 16, 17 years old, you know, and you give them a vehicle that's in your name under your insurance, you're liable for their behavior. And this is why one of my good friends that I grew up with, her and her husband are super close friends of family. Her husband's a sheriff, and she's been in a two-year lawsuit now with a with a son and father because she was driving on the interstate. She stopped for traffic. The 16-year-old kid rear-ended her while she was completely stopped, and she's had all types of neck problems now. She's having to go to the chiropractor, has had injections, all kinds of inflammation in her neck, and she's doing fairly better now. And what's ironic about it is they were going to the mediation, and the attorneys are trying to come up with anything they can to justify that what her injuries aren't related to the accident with her getting rear-ended at 40 miles an hour. And finally, they've come to, I think they've come to a settlement now. And she even told me, she's like, I don't even, I'm not even trying to get rich or make money. She goes, I just want to have my expenses covered. And the pain and anguish I've had to deal with so much because the 16 year old kids on his phone, they found out later on when they did a basically uh, uh, subpoena of the phone records, finally this kid was texting on his phone while he's driving on the interstate and rear-ended her. And now basically this, this dad's insurance is going to be stuck paying the bill. And apparently he had a big policy, so he's probably going to be shielded. But i got to be very cautious of that when you give your children keys to a vehicle. And if the kid is 
more inclined is going to be more inclined to be responsible with the vehicle and take care of the vehicle and wash the vehicle and maintain the vehicle if they've got some skin in the game. You know, a lot of people have always told me over the years one of the best things you can do is, you know, do a match program. So you tell your kids, listen, you save up, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars over the years, you put money aside, you must push money aside, I'll match it with you. So they got years of saving up money and then you match it with them. So you can get a seven, eight, nine thousand dollar vehicle, which by the way, that was actually a really nice vehicle a few years back. I don't know what that's going to be when I have kids in the next year. My kids basically have get a vehicle, you know, say 10 years from now. I mean, stock vehicles now are sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000, you know, brand new. It's gotten pretty absurd. If you can even buy a vehicle in 10 years now, it's not going to be some EV garbage that's falling apart everywhere and can't get charged and restrict your movements because you can't drive it. That's a whole other topic. And it was funny because, you know, it's just the world has changed a lot. You know, we're in 2023 now. It's just it's changed whether or not you want to agree with it, whether or not you want to accept it. It's changed. And the best thing everybody can do as far as it's awake and alert and still basically following biblical principles is continue to try to instill those in your kids. And there's going to be stuff you do or stuff you're involved in or stuff that you've done in the past that you may not be proud of or make something you're not you know, okay with. It's something you try not to do anymore. But the biggest thing you can do is try to lead by example with your kids and instill with them and show them, listen, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it, and this is how we're going to do it, and let me show you how to do it and encourage them to do so. And try to make it fun, too. You know, I did that a lot. A lot of times with Dad, I enjoyed doing irrigation with him when I was younger. We used to fix irrigation all the time. You know, I can't remember how many times digging trenches and running pipe and gluing fittings. And I used to find it always intriguing to me because I'd be out there with my dad, you know, doing irrigation. I've done the same thing with Hunter now and cutting hedges and pulling weeds. And I incentivize the kids now. What we do is we have brower bucks as well. So I, we put together basically my own currency. I want to make my own currency. So I did it. I want I want to be the Federal Reserve and back my own currency with nothing behind it. And so I did it. We printed off these dollars and they're called Brower Bucks. And so what we do is we have a list of certain things that they can do that will earn an X amount of Brower Bucks, whether it's pull all the weeds in the front flower bed, whether it's go and hand cut some of the bushes in the back, whether it's help wash one of the vehicles, various different things that earns X amount of Brower Bucks. And then what they could do is they can either cash those Brower Bucks in for real currency, or we have a box that we have that we will open up once a month and we'll have various different toys in it, maybe like some type of you know tinker toy or something they can build. Usually I try to make it something that's going to be uh, encouraging for mind development, you know, for growth stimulation. Not, I don't put movies in there, just stupid toys in there, stuff that's going to do it. I put prices on it. Do you want to spend your bro bucks on this or do you want to transfer it into U.S. currency and basically save it? And they do various other things. And so what we've done is I've tried to make it encouraging to be involved in it. instead of just, okay, you go do this. You get a 50 cent a week chore allowance and that's it. Well, the problem is I've learned a long time ago allowances don't work. It's like socialism. If you sit there and say you get $5 a week for your allowance and you've got to do this and this and this, well, they never want to go above and beyond. They do this and this and this to get their $5, and that's it. So you're training them to be mediocre. You're training them to do just the bare minimum to get the $5 allowance at the end of the week. So I didn't do that. I said, listen, you don't get an allowance. If you don't want to work at all during the week and make no money, you can do that. That's absolutely fine. You don't have to do any chores at all if you don't want to do them. Or if you want to stack up cash and you want to get some of these items or you want to transfer them into cash, there's no cap. There's no limit. Work as much as you want. Do as much as you want. you got a list here that's exhaustive. You just go through it. And invariably, I have found now that they constantly want to do stuff all the time. Hunter came in the kitchen the other day and he goes, 
all right, Dad, I got all three of the bathrooms cleaned. They're done. I went in and wiped down the mirrors, and all the toilets are clean. And I said, whoa. I said, where'd you come from? He's like, well, I'm trying to earn more, 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 more brower bucks. You know, I want to get this, this little system, this, like, construction system in the, in the box that I want. I'm saving up money for it. And I said, okay, done deal. Put it down on the chart. You get paid at the end of the week with your brower bucks. And that's the way you incentivize kids to continue to want and grow further and further. But socialism through a allowance once a week, you know, $5 for you making your bed or you wiping the mirror down – I've learned over the years it doesn't work because it teaches them to do the bare minimum to get the bare basis, and that's all they want to do is the bare minimum to go through it. And that's the system that we've now watched. Like Dad just said, you get these kids that go, well, I accept gifts. You accept gifts? What kind of stuck-up, arrogant ch- I accept gifts. Oh, I, I accept gifts too. I just, hey, while I'm at it, can you give me an F-35? I'd love one of those too. I mean while we're just sitting in fantasy land, I'll accept anything you want to just gift away to me. Wait, what, is, what kind of crap is that? Excuse my language. I mean, what is that nonsense? And that's the problem with the younger generation now is the entitlement mindset has become so pollutive and so cancerous that it's gone into the whole generation. And social media has amplified it ten times worse. We've watched it now with TikTok. I can't even stand that platform. Never even been on it. Never will be on it. And these kids, see, oh, he's making you know five thousand dollars a month doing TikTok dances. You really think that's a long-term platform that you're really going to be able to monetize? What happens when the next social media platform comes out? What happens when the next platform comes out? You really think you're doing TikTok dances at 17 years old is going to be some massive you know, cash flow generator? You produce nothing. You make nothing. You generate nothing. You're just building algorithms based off a social media platform. And by all means, some kids have done it. Now you got guys, though, however, I do say, that build YouTube platforms now. They actually have some great content. A lot of the vehicle industry and drag racing and truck builds, they've done really good with that. But a lot of kids don't realize. I've talked to some big YouTubers. I know some huge YouTubers that make serious money doing it. There is a full-time job for them with the enormous amount of expenditures they do with cameras and editing and footage and hours and hours and hours and hours a day recording stuff and editing stuff. The problem is you've got this young generation now that's coming up. They have no idea. Oh, so-and-so makes YouTube videos, has a million followers on there. Well, that's I want to do that now. Okay, well, how are you going to do it? Well, I don't know. I, just, I, just, I think somebody needs to make me a YouTube account, record stuff, and I just want to make money off it. No, that's not how it works, buddy. These guys work 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week recording footage. Their whole life is on camera. They literally do their entire life on this platform to make the money that they make on this. It's a serious platform if you want to do that. You need to start set up some goals and figure out how to do it. So I don't know how I got on this topic, this side noted on this, but dad's extremely right with it. It's speaking of electric vehicles now, the boondockle that they are. You know, Ford got that $9.2 billion loan from the federal government, the largest loan since the U.S. automakers bailed out the 2009 crisis so they could build these three giant battery factories. Well, Ford has now suddenly halted construction at their EV battery plants amid a Republican probe now over Chinese ties. This is really interesting. So they first tried to come out and say that they've stopped the EV battery plant in Marshall because they're working on limiting spending on construction and they're trying to make decisions about the plan investment. Well, Zero Hedge just came out with an article and put a big spotlight on it. 
Apparently, several Republican-led committees in the House have now opened up full investigations into Ford and their dealings with contemporary Amperex technology, one of the largest EV manufacturers in the entire world that is based out of China. It's a Chinese-owned base company. U.S. former Ambassador Peter Horsick and Joseph Sella co-founders of the Michigan China Economic and Security Review Group said we applaud that the construction of this reckless deal has been halted from the outset for motor company the state of Michigan the Michigan Economic Development Corporation all of the parties have to be are being irresponsible in advancing this deal there was zero strict scrutiny or due diligence concerns of our intelligence and national security agencies were ignored and mocked halting of this construction is a natural result of the consent of the governed being ruptured by government and business entities. With citizen activists, we are not relenting or letting our guard down. We are fighting against the Ford slash CATL deal and Goshen deals until there are no more. And apparently what's happened with this now is this giant loan that the federal government gave to Ford to build these EV plants. Ford then partnered with this company, CATL, the Contemporary Amprex Technology, was a Chinese-owned company, and now China has basically invested money into this platform. It is essentially going to be a massive shareholder and owner of this electric vehicle plant operating in the United States under Ford. This is just continues to go on and on and on in just perpetuity with the corruption that we're seeing. I told you guys when that $9 billion deal came out, there was some shady stuff that was going on with this and the fact that they were building these massive battery plants when in reality there's not the infrastructure to handle more EV vehicles. It's most, of the, most of the charging stations are already maxed out. They're already limiting Tesla charging stations in major cities to 80% charging already. Much less you ramp them up, they start dropping to 70, 60, 50% become just – useless you know paperweights that you're not even gonna be able to drive and again this shows you how corrupt this vehicle market is starting to become and why they're pushing the ev for more control and more uh pretty much dominance in the market also too want to touch base on a story that dad said earlier talking about gators yes gators will jump and climb chain link fences very very fast i have personally watched them do it before and in florida news keeping everybody updated uh earlier this week florida officials had to kill a 13 foot 8 inch gator that was spotted with a woman's remains in her mouth and a canal down in pinellas county that was over in tampa yeah tampa right down the road that we go to all the time uh, basically, a bystander walked by a canal and saw this gator. By the way, this one was a 14-foot gator. This is a big boy. I would have loved to have trophy hunt this guy because I guarantee you he was a nightmare to fight, and he was apparently. They found this guy. They saw a body in his mouth. They called the Flish and Wildlife Commission. This is, I'm not joking. This is a couple days ago. And so they went down there. They finally got him basically bait up and hooked up with treble hooks. They had to get a Dodge Ram truck with a winch on it, try to pull him out. He was so heavy and fighting so hard, he started to pull the truck off the bridge with the winch. They were trying to pull him in. He was well over 1,000 pounds, and that's 1,000 pounds dead weight. That's not including the straight-up sheer muscle that this thing contains on him, being able to fight. And uh, so they got him out. They euthanized him. They identified the body. Condolences to the family of Sabrina Peckman, whoever her family is. Uh, It's a rough way to die. I'm not going to lie. Uh, she was 41 years old, and she was the body that they found. That's on the tail of 85-year-old walking a dog in Fort Pierce that got killed earlier this year, and also the 69-year-old on the golf course in Hilton Head that was also drugged in the water and eaten. Uh, 
we don't joke around. We talk about gators. They're extremely violent reptiles. They're extremely old reptiles. They're extremely effective killing machines. This is why we hunt them every single year. But this is just other Florida news that just continues to pop up. I thought I'd bring that up since Dad was having the conversation with, you know, having a discussion with an alligator earlier. Because these things, they and they do, by the way, they do feed off body language. Especially because they're reptiles, they're not stupid. A 13-foot gator, 14-foot gator, he's probably roughly right around 90 to 110 years old. I'm not exaggerating. This, that's a warrior gator. These things are predators. And so a lot of times, you know, if they see something that's in distress or they see something that's an easy target, they're going to go after them. And that's why I always recommend the state of Florida – if you can legally do so, when you're going for nature walks and parks, or you're going to Circle B or all these areas that are in this place where they're real wild open areas, there's nobody there to protect you. I highly suggest you carry a firearm on your person and you know how to accurately use it. Because in most cases, you won't have to actually try to kill the gator. If you see a gator and he starts charging at you, you have, if you have to do so legally to defend yourself and just charge a couple rounds at him, in most cases – by the way, they're very hard to kill. I got tags from them all the time. They're not easy animals to kill whatsoever. They're going to stop what they're doing. But as far as you start running and they start chasing you and they're big and they're fast, if you've ever seen them run up on the ground, they will catch you. And so just something to be aware of when you're down here because they are not a joke. And a lot of people make jokes about them and think they're like little cool little animals to go and feed. They're not that. Also, to another news, speaking of uh, certain aspects of net neutrality – and aspects of censorship now, media and architects of the online censorship law in UK are pressuring Rumble as it defends the principle of net neutrality. Media outlets in UK, UK censorship law, the online safety bill, are increasing pressure on neutral video sharing platforms like Rumble after refused to bow down to the UK's parliament to demonetize comedian Russell Brand. The pressure to demonetize him came after anonymous sexual assault allegations from 13 years ago with zero arrests, zero charges, and zero convictions on any allegations that were made against him. The UK parliament said he immediately must be demonetized, and YouTube did so. Then what's happened is down in the UK, this online safety bill that they're putting together it's designed, and it's, it's going to be like the Patriot Act, essentially, for social media platforms, if you want to make it an open understanding of it. And what they're going to be able to do is they're going to be able to shut down, demonetize, deplatform anything that shows up that essentially they don't agree with because of online safety. And what's interesting about it is, you know, like I said, I don't agree with everything Russell Brand. I'm not a fan of him and I follow him, but I have watched some of his videos to kind of understand his platform. And over the last year, he has gotten extremely vocal on essentially the matrix that we're living in, on what we're watching in with the absolute perversion in the school systems, what we're seeing now with the corruption, with the vaccines, what we've seen now. And he's gone heavy, heavy against the vaccines in the last couple of months. And so it's not ironic to me. That this stuff's coming out now. Now they're trying to use him as an example to push this online censorship law that's essentially going to prevent anyone from being able to speak freely online, which, again, as we know, is the overall goal and what they attempted to do during COVID. What do you think, Dan? What's your next story? Well, you know, the thing with Russell Brand and all the rest of these guys that are really big with huge platforms, when they start running their mouth, they've got to shut them up quick. If they can't yeah. shut them up quick, they're going to kill them. Look at Coley Bryant, and that's my opinion. All right. I think that was not an accident. I think that was something else. But the reality is, is that, you know, you know, you know, Kobe Bryant had just gone in and had communion with Kanye West 
was converting back to Christianity. And he'd done that video online, the demon within and all the other crazy nonsense he was involved in. And all of a sudden you know, he's worth six, seven hundred million dollars. And they don't want you being worth that kind of money or worth billions like Kanye West was. And he, of course, lost billions when he started running his mouth about who was running Hollywood and running the media. And so they don't want you doing that because you have too much power, too much authority. You got too many bodyguards. I'm going to say that again. Too many bodyguards. They can't get to you as easily as they want to. And so what they want to do is they want to shut you up as quickly as they possibly can so that if you're an influencer and you have the ability to influence a lot of people that you can't get the message out or the word out as to what's really going on. And another interesting story is we were talking about child trafficking. J.P. Morgan now will pay $75 million to settle the Jeffrey Epstein lawsuit brought by the U.S. Virgin Islands alleging bank-facilitated pedophile sex trafficking. Yeah, we've been saying that for years with the Rothschild banking cartel. J.P. Morgan Chase has agreed to pay $75 million to settle a lawsuit by the, by, by the Virgin Islands. The bank confirmed the settlement in a statement to MedailyMail.com on Tuesday morning saying it did not admit liability as part of the deal. Of course, Tom deeply regrets working with Epstein. The settlement includes $30 million that will go towards U.S. Virgin Islands charity groups that have worked to combat sex trafficking, $25 million to the territory's government to fund law enforcement, and $20 million in attorney's fees. Is that insane or what? $20 million in attorney fees. The territory had sued J.P. Morgan for at least $190 million, saying the bank ignored red flags about convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein because he was wealthy and a lucrative client from, 28, from 1998 to 2013. Uh, this is a real problem with the sex trafficking. And remember, he was Mossad. Don't forget that. Don't forget he was Mossad. Read the book, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Just like Maxwell was Mossad. British Secret Service, Israeli Secret Service, Mossad, and the CIA have their respective countries by the throats because they changed the laws back in 2012, allowing the CIA to come and do all kinds of crazy stuff here in the United States. All of this stuff is being done on purpose as these intelligence agencies continue to basically entrap people in the United States and cause further and further degradation in the patriot community. That's what, that's what January the 6th was. It was a giant trap up in D.C. to bring the patriots together under a false flag that basically was implemented by Donald Trump to come up here and protest the election. Okay? And they were bringing people in to find out who the people were who were going to be the leaders so they could basically castrate the movement. Say, well, castrate, that's a strong word. Uh, no, I meant to use that word. They wanted to be able to just emasculate the movement and basically stop the people from going out and doing what they were doing, who were the leaders in the different communities. There were signs and giant billboards around Central Florida. If you know somebody involved in January the 6th, count, count, you know, there's a reward offering. Contact this hotline. I'm not kidding you. Huge billboards down here for that. I mean, that's, and I guarantee you there were billboards all over the country just like that. Because they were paying the people in America to be snitches. And there are people out there that are going to snitch no matter what. You know, we've got a neighbor, uh, you know, that we know, and I'm not going to mention any names. That's a snitch. It's a snitch. It's a little, they sit there and look, it's like Gladys Kravitz on that old TV show, Bewitched. They're looking through the window. Oh, look what so-and-so is doing. Let me call so-and-so. Let me call so-and-so. And they're like little snitches. And you think to yourself, well, they really aren't like that. No, they really are like that. I remember one day I was out there blowing the road after uh, a road off after a hurricane, cleaning up branches and bushes. This is on a common area that we also drive across. And the snitch comes out there. What do you think you're doing cleaning the road? And I said, 
I'm cleaning the road. The county's not going to be here in a long time. They've got other things to do. They, you don't have a right to clean the road. And he starts yelling at me. And finally, I said, look, why don't you do this? Why don't you just shut up and leave me alone? And why don't you come out here and help me instead of being part of the problem? I think, well, you didn't really do that, Ted? Yeah, I guess I did. I really did do that. But the point is, I don't make stuff up. I just tell you. But that's how people are sometimes. They're snitches. And, and you got and you got, you got, the, you got to learn with snitches, you got to stay away from them. Now, here's another article from Wall Street on Parade. If you don't subscribe to this, I suggest you do. Uh, J.P. Morgan's – I'm going to post it. J.P. Morgan's pampered client, Jeffrey Epstein, broke a lot more laws than just sex trafficking. A closer look at the trail of lawlessness by, by Mossad agent Jeffrey Epstein while he was receiving VIP treatment from executives and licensed brokers at the largest bank in the United States, J.P. Morgan Chase – demands a comprehensive investigation by a genuinely independent special counsel. After Epstein had sexually assaulted dozens of underage girls in Palm Beach County, the state of Florida attorney and the U.S. Department of Justice cut him a sweetheart deal that allowed him to serve just 13 months in jail from June June to 2008 to July 2009, the majority of time in work release program where Epstein was driven to an office each day by his limousine driver. After his cozy jail time, Epstein was supposed to spend one year under house arrest at his Palm Beach mansion, but in the Netflix series on Epstein, Filthy Rich, based on the book the same name, a Palm Beach police official explains what actually happened, stating this. He would violate his probation almost on a daily basis. There you go. There's 11 pages here of just different violations. I think I myself documented 66 different days that he violated his probation. He would go to New York to his island. He would go to the airport, jump into his helicopter. Who knows where he went without telling anybody. Every time I brought the probation office a case, they kept telling me the same thing. What would you like us to do? He's a celebrity. I mean, just think about this. You have a pedophile out on probation to violate probation in the state of Florida is illegal, except for Jeffrey Epstein. I'm going to go ahead and post this stuff because I want you guys to read that book, Dead Men Tell No Tales. I, I know I've talked about it repeatedly. I can't give you a free, free PDF. I can't find one. Also, I can't find that. And I, I need you guys to send me the link to that, that that scene with Brad Metzler decoded in the church on a YouTube or any other video, Rumble, whatever, that basically talks about the Benindi Nephilim, the sons of the fallen who run the planet. I need that from you on the Spear of Destiny, if you can find that for me. I love you guys. Remember, Jesus is still on the throne. God Almighty is still on the throne, and you're still being led by the Holy Spirit. Do us right in God's eyes. Also, what do you think, buddy, and what's your next story? Hey, you're spot on. It was funny yesterday because I was talking to my brother. He called me up, and we were just discussing certain things, and he, we were talking about this whole more government shutdown theater nonsense he brought up. And he goes, you know, he goes who, who's actually the one who has the authority to discuss if the government shuts down, we're still going to send – billions in foreign aid to ukraine i said that's a fantastic question i said i would love to know that he goes so you just start exempting certain things like oh, we're gonna shut down the government because we can't come to a reasonable conclusion because it's all theater but we're gonna keep giving money to ukraine like who actually even takes this government seriously anymore it's funny because spike cohen put something out there is discussing the white house put out this big press briefing the other day talking about all these different things the people aren't going to be able to have if the government shuts down because of extreme Republicans. So it's about 60,000 seniors would be robbed of nutrition services like Meals on Wheels. And the whole thing was, oh, my gosh, it was nauseating. I just I, I read a part of it. And then we got on to one part. We got on to one part, and I was like, oh, 
Oh, this is exciting. It says at least 70 ATF agents will be pulled off the beat due to the extreme Republicans refusing to come to an agreement. And they will, the ATF agents will no longer be available to go out in the, you know, basically out in the field for work. And I went, oh, oh, wow. OK, yeah. Government shutdown. We're. We're on it. We're on it, guys. Let's let's make this happen now. If we're if we're going to start defunding uh, alphabet agencies and start preventing these guys from going out and shooting dogs and shooting kids and shooting mothers that are holding their infants, man, ah, uh, yeah. I mean, let's let's just let's just shut it down and see what happens. And me and Harris were just joking about it because I thought it was so funny. Like they put it out there, like people are actually really concerned if seventy ATF agents are laid off due to a government shutdown. Good riddance to the most corrupt agency on the United States continental soil. How about we just defund the entire platform and start having local municipalities handle their own problems with firearms as state laws were supposed to be done? State laws were always supposed to supersede federal law. That's a concept that nobody understands. That only changed after the Civil War. The federal government essentially came in and said, you have to listen to what we say. States' rights don't exist anymore. This entire thing with firearm laws needs to be done at a state level, at a state place. That's how they're supposed to have been handled the entire time. Montana's been a big hitter on that. There's a lot of stuff they've done, and they've gone head-to-head with the ATF and said, no, listen, we're going to pretty much do whatever we want. And, um, yeah, you guys want to invade Montana? Good luck. And uh, we've seen how that's worked out. Montana's done just fine. And uh, ironically enough, there's hardly any crime in Montana. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought when you let the states handle their own firearm laws in a state like that, uh, they could have handled themselves? <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. So, my friends, keep the fight going. Keep your strength up. Keep your mental acuity up and your energy up. Keep your body strong. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. You know where to get a hold of us. If you need anything, give us a call, 1-800-726-1834. Be, able to, be sure to check out the vitamin C antioxidants last day of sale for products of the week and vote for what you want to see win tomorrow. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.